Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how to grow their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Grit Podcast. Today, I am here with Dan Corkle. Uh, is that how you pronounce your name, Dan? Uh, Corkle, yeah. Corkle, okay. Dan is the CEO of Follow Up Boss. Uh, they were founded back in 2011. They are a self-funded and profitable company. So I'm really looking forward to digging into that because you don't see a lot of that in today's world. So congratulations on that, Dan. Uh, here on The Great Thanks. Podcast, uh, we like to dig in with entrepreneurs like yourself and uh, business builders and just learn about your grit. And I can tell you have a ton of grit uh, in getting to profitability uh, without raising capital. So I'm, again, I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, I'm the host of the show, Brian Charlesworth, and uh, I'm the founder of Sisu. And Sisu is a real estate growth automation software. And with that, we'll go ahead and get started, Dan. How's it going? Yeah, really good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Why don't you um, just give us a little bit more of your background? I know you have a marketing background, but uh, I'd love to hear the story on kind of the backside of your career. You're still super young, but I know you did some marketing and then I'd love to hear, you're the founder of Follow Up Boss, correct? Yeah, me and okay. uh, I'm one of the founders. Our other founder is the more technical uh, genius side of it. I guess, yeah, yeah my joy because I do do everything else, you know, empty the bins and all that kind of stuff, right? So, <laughs> yeah, it's, so tell uh, us about your background. Yeah, sure. So like when we actually started the company uh, in 2011, I was about 10 years younger or nine years younger or whatever. I was 25. And, you know, I, yeah, I definitely, what I was doing before that, I was working for a company in Sydney, Australia, who basically they did like kind of marketing for, for speakers. Right. So like people like Tony Robbins, not Tony Robbins specifically, but motivational speakers. Motivational speakers. Um, yeah. Other people that specialized in marketing, NLP, stuff like that. So, you know, through that company, I got, I got a lot of good exposure to online marketing and also to like, I think the fundamentals of marketing, like making an offer, um, you know, doing joint ventures, like, um, you know, emailing your list, stuff like that. Cause that, cause that company really ran on those things. Um, so yeah, I mean, and that gave me like a, a big exposure to that. You know, that was something where I worked for that company for, for not really that much money. Like it's, I don't know what I was making, but probably like 50 grand a year Australian, which is, is a lot less than us. So it's like maybe 30, okay. 35 grand us. Um, before that I worked actually in finance and I just hated that. Like, I just thought like, I just looked around. I'm like, no one here is happy. You know, and this is a, this is a great group of people. Like, like I loved all the people there, but just like it, as a career, like it, it was just so boring. Like you go in there every day, you, you would literally be looking at documents. I'm actually applying for a loan now. And like, you know, I'm talking to the guy on the other side. I'm like, you know, this is literally, literally what I used to do. And it's just, just so boring. So, so I got out of that because I really wanted to do something that was, you know, just more interesting, like marketing, online marketing. Um, and then I think just after working for that company, obviously 2011, 
you know, it's kind of after the GFC kind of stuff that all happened. Um, and, and yeah, just, just realized like, Hey, I, I don't really want to necessarily work for someone else forever. Like I, you know, kind of, kind of my plan all along was like, I want to learn some skills by working for someone else. Then I want to take those and, you know, I want to uh, see what I can do by myself, like start my own business. So. Great. So you go from there to mark from finance to marketing to follow up boss founding the company. How did you guys come up with the idea of a CRM in the real estate space? Okay. So 2011, the market was just really starting to pick back up after the crash. So your timing was perfect, but what made you decide to, to jump in then? Yeah. So um, you know, I, I ended up starting the follow-up bus with someone who I used to work with at that job. Uh, his name's Tom. He's, you know, one of the great engineers there. And, you know, when, when I told everyone I was kind of quitting that job, he's like, you know, do you want to start a software business? And I was kind of like, well, I got nothing else going for me right now. And like, you know, he's a great engineer. So I'm like, yeah, this would be cool to work together. Cause I was thinking like, do I learn the code? You know, do I team up with someone? Um, so anyway, we decided we're going to start a software business you know, both of us really had no idea what we were doing. Like we didn't, you know, we didn't know um, what industry to target. We didn't know how to get our first customers. Um, and we ended up uh, basically struggling for a while, you know, just, you know, with, with what exactly we we're going to do. We did have an idea of like, you know, we could probably build a CRM, which is a bit more powerful than what was around at the time on a basic level, but not as complicated as the things like Infusionsoft and those things are still around. You know, today, like people call it confusion software. It's very hard to set up, you know, for small businesses, you know, it's hard to get going, right? And that's that's what we saw as the opportunity. Like people need some power, but, they, you know, they don't need all that confusing stuff. So anyway, skip ahead a little bit. We're just like, okay, we, we don't really have a compelling reason for people to sign up for our software. We definitely realized we needed to get into a, you know, a specific industry. So, because then we could find out what the problems of that, you know, industry are and just like tailor what we're doing. So we did, we did a course is actually called the foundation and they teach a lot of, basically that course teaches you how to start a software business. So it takes all the things you need to do, like um, researching a niche, talking to customers, finding out what their problems are right through to like helping you find a developer to build it and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so anyway, we, we did that course. We started talking to a lot of people in real estate and this is back in 2011 and I'm sort of like talking to them like, well, what's your biggest problem? Right. And, and just a lot of people were telling me about like the online leads they're getting, they don't have a system to automatically follow up with them. Um, they know if they do more follow up, they will make more money. Like everyone kept saying that I'm like, they're just like, they felt guilty about it. They're like, I know I should do more follow up. I know I should do more follow up. Um, and then, so that's where the name follow up boss comes from. Right. Because I just kept hearing follow up uh, so often. And, you know, I did a lot of research at the time. Well, why don't you just use top producer or why don't you just use, um, you know, this other CRM that you already have. And, you know, people would just tell me like they didn't like it. They never used it. They never logged in. Like a lot of those things were not automatically importing leads. Like something we take for granted today. It's just obvious right. that should happen, but that, that didn't happen. Like, so your only option back then, if you really wanted to track it, you were paying someone a few thousand dollars a month to type them manually into your, CRM, which, you know, which just made no sense. So um, yeah, just, just from there to research and the conversations we had, we're like, we think we can do something um, better. And, you know, even if it's, we just saw what was out there and we just thought we can definitely do something that could help people more. So yeah, we, we got our first few customers and then they told more people 
and you know really we've just been growing since then you know just keep trying to improve our software to you know help our customers with sales essentially okay do you mind if i dig a little deeper into that uh yeah let's do it so you're you're super young you're saying hey i want to start a business i don't know what i want to do okay there's an maybe we can make crm simpler maybe there's an industry so how many, what other industries did you consider other than real estate? Um, I, I think that's, it's one of the first ones we went towards. We, we definitely tried to just to sell it to, to anyone. So like, maybe like we were thinking like people that were a bit like us, like I'd done a little bit of online marketing consulting and stuff, but again, it was sort of like, there's just no reason for, for people to use this. I think we were looking at some of these companies like, you know, maybe Infusionsoft or like high rise by 37 signals and they were kind of selling to everyone. So we kind of thought like, maybe we can just do that. But I think that's, that's not how like a lot of those companies started that they, they start, you know, generally you start selling to a very narrow niche. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't think there was a ton of other ones we pursued. Like as soon as we sort of, I think the great thing about real estate is it's also very easy to reach people. Whereas like some industries, like, like you can't really call up and talk to a doctor or like, you know, getting like, I don't know, like a lot of other people on the phone is hard. Um, and what I think is interesting about the real estate industry is it's very easy to talk to people um, because it's the nature of the job. Yeah. So you guys were super resourceful. So what, what did you do? Just get like a list of local and where were you living at the time? Were you in Sydney? Uh, so actually when I quit my job there, this is kind of another bit of a part of the story I tell all the time, but like I quit my job there I sold everything I had. I actually only had like two t-shirts, uh, two pairs of underwear and kind of like I left Australia and, you know, I was sort of traveling around a little bit, um, you know, just in Europe, backpacking, staying in very cheap places. Um, I, I guess like how this relates to starting the business is I couldn't afford to live in Sydney and have no job. Right. So there's a term uh, called baselining, which basically means you take your expenses down to practically nothing. So it, you know, it could be like five, 500, a thousand, you know, 1500 a month. And by doing that, you know, cause as you realize like when you, when you start a business, you need a runway, right. And yeah. that, that's, that's a big barrier. So that's, that's where a lot of people have to go and raise money. Cause if, if you're in Sydney or San Francisco, even just to pay your rent, you need some kind of finances. So I did that. I actually lived in a few other places, uh, Turkey, Germany, which again, like think about the cost of living in those places. Like in Germany was one of the cheapest places I ever lived. You know, you could live on $500 a month easily. Um, and so that just, that just gave me some ability to dedicate um, all my time to it. I didn't have another job. And then also the interesting thing I think is like, I also didn't have a lot of social obligations because like if I was at home, right, you know, there's a lot of birthday parties you've got to go to, a lot of family things. Yeah. And not that I recommend that people should skip those things, but honestly, it was like, I, I just focused for, you know, one or two years purely on like getting the business off the ground versus, um, you know, just all the other normal life stuff. Yeah. So you basically put that life aside and said, I'm just hundred percent in here. I mean, you don't even speak the German language, do you? I'm terrible at it. I had to do a course there, you know, so that I was allowed to stay. Um, and I would just, yeah, I'll guess at the words. I think I passed my exam barely. I don't know how, but um, yeah, it was, yeah, I, I'm not great at speaking it. No. What, what city did you live in there? Uh, I lived in Dusseldorf. Okay. So you're up in Dusseldorf. 
and you decided you're going to start this business. You were actually in Dusseldorf to start this business. Is that right? We started a little bit beforehand. Um, so kind of like, I guess, as I was leaving Sydney, we sort of agreed we wanted to do something like me and my partner. Um, and then, you know, it was just sort of, the, you know, the, the first few months I was probably doing a little bit more traveling and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was sort of during that time, um, we started it, like we ended up incorporating in the US because we sort of, even though like I'm from Australia, we kind of knew early on, like the US is where most software business is. Like Australia is just, a, you know, it's a quite a small market. Right. Um, so, so we incorporated the company here as like an LLC. And, um, and, and yeah, we were just trying to hustle to get customers. So like, um, you know, we would be doing things like we didn't buy a list or anything like that, but I would be like, I would be like participating in like Facebook groups. So like, you know, there's a lot of big ones now, like lab code agents and, you know, yeah. there's other great ones, real clothes stuff like that. Um, you know, those were around back then they were a bit smaller and, you know, I would just be participating, like trying to learn really, but also trying to build up some uh like credibility you know or just just get to know people um and yeah that was how we you know met some of our initial customers the other places were like looking at online forums so there'd be people you know just people posting online like you know i'm looking for some kind of solution for lead management and you know just reaching out to those people and saying hey do you have like 10 minutes to talk like i'm not trying to sell you something i just want to know like what do you need right yeah so i, I love hearing this because I mean, you guys, you guys are definitely recognized as one of the top team platforms out there. Like, you are willing to just go for it. So many people out there want to be entrepreneurs or talk about it, but they're not willing to just go for it. And you were just like all in, upfront, not even knowing what you were gonna do, not even knowing what the solution was. And it sounds like you came to it very quickly. So that's uh, it's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. I think. Uh, I mean, it's just a great example for anybody listening of, hey, if you set your mind to something and go for it, you can do it, right? You can do anything. Yeah, I think there's something to like kind of cutting off other options, you know, because like even with my life today, like, you know, I'm still trying to achieve different things. Like I've been recently trying to get a bit healthier and fitter and all that kind of stuff. And you kind of got to cut off the option of being like lazy and, you know, just eating whatever and like, you know, playing video games, stuff like that. Like it's, um, so it's, I, I think if you can go all in, I don't know what's right for everyone though, because you know, some people have different commitments, families, all that stuff. Some of the things are, I'm kind of lucky, you know, it's sometimes easier to do that when you're young. I, like I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have any debts, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I, the thing that I always knew is like, if this didn't work out, I could always just go get another job working for someone. Right. Like, I mean, it's not like that option was, would leave forever or something. Yeah. And that's true for anybody. Right. Exactly. I don't care. I don't care how old you are. You, there's always different things you can do. There's always different things you can create. So how did you end up in the U.S.? Uh, I know you started the business here. How did you choose where to end up? Where do you live now? Tell us how you how you ended up where you're at today. Yeah, sure. So, so after we did a bit of traveling, um, ended up moving back to Australia for a little bit just because you know I was kind of probably homesick and um, that kind of thing. And you know, all through this time, like 2011, I think up to. I think I moved to the US full time in 2015. Um, and basically, uh, you know, I just eventually had to move because the time zone is so bad between Australia and the US. It's like literally midnight in Australia when it's like 9 a.m. in New York. And it was just, 
it was just a stressful thing as the business was growing. It's like, you know, be like going to sleep and you're like, Oh, I hope nothing goes wrong today, which is just like, just not really sustainable. Um, yeah. So eventually just, you know, got it. Uh, it's basically an E2 business visa to, to come move here full time. Um, initially I was based in San Francisco. So I just figured if I was moving halfway around the world, like I may as well move to where the center of, you know, tech is. Um, and, you know, enjoyed that. But, you know, after a couple of years there, I decided to move down to Austin, Texas. So that's that's where I'm located now. And, uh, yeah, honestly, I really like it here. Like, it's 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 people are pretty laid back, like, I think, in Australia. Um, and then also, it's just the San Francisco market, real estate market is a bit different. So I think a lot of the rest of the country, you know, it's like, yeah. it's very high price. Like, just, just transactions happen differently. Um, and so I think it's nice to be here. Um, there's a bit less of a time zone difference with the East coast and then just, yeah, there's, there's a lot more real estate teams around. So it's just, I don't know, just, just a bit easier for the business. I think, I think this is the, the right place for me. So you went to San Francisco, the Bay area, where were you at there? Which city? I lived um, pretty much in mission in mission Bay, which is right next to the giant stadium. Um, yeah. So yeah, kind of like the same area. All right, great. And then you move to Austin, which is also known as being somewhat of a tech community, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that's great. So as far as agents go, how did you how did you really start approaching agents? Just being in these groups, you were able to start getting through to agents. How were you getting feedback? How did you get your first sales? And like, where were you priced at as far as a platform back then when you're just starting out? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, honestly, like participating in the groups and then sometimes like, you know, this you know, relevant threads would come up, right? Like, so like people would ask, what are you doing for CRM? What are you doing for lead follow-up? And, and again, at the time, there were not a lot of solutions out there, right? Like automated solutions. And so I, I can't remember the exact question someone asked, but it was something like, what are you guys doing to follow up with your Zillow leads or something like that? And, you know, I just, I just, I had been in the group for a while and I'm just like, would you guys be interested in a solution that did X, X, and X? And it was like, you know, automated email follow-up, automatically sent it out to your agents, um, you know, kind of the, the things people wanted. And then honestly, there was one of those threads, I probably have it screenshotted somewhere where like 50 people wrote back, yes, I want this, right? And I think the thing to do then is to, um, you know, engage those people, like direct message them, ask them to direct message you, and then get on a phone call with them because again, my sort of like thing at this point was not really trying to sell them. I just wanted to understand what is the solution that you guys need. So, so I make sure that that's what we're building, you know, yeah. because then if we're building the thing you want, then you're naturally going to want to um, buy it. Uh, in terms of pricing, like it wasn't like dramatically different from where we're priced now. Um, we, we've been through a few different pricing changes and stuff like that. But I, I, you know, I think for a team of like 10 agents, it was like, uh, you know, $300 a month, um, for a solo agent, it might've been like 49 a month at the side. I can't really remember, but like, it, it, it's not that different to how we're priced now. Okay. This is very interesting to me. It's just fun to see how you just evolved. How long did it take before that first customer came in? So you started it in 2011. When, when did your first customer actually come in? Yeah, I think it was, it, it wasn't super quick. So it was like, because uh, remember, we didn't really know what we were doing for the first six yeah. months. Like we didn't know what industry we were targeting. I think after six months, that's when we thought like pretty much, yeah, let's look at real estate. And then it was still another six months really before we got someone to pay. 
you know, a little bit before that, we had people on the system that were, I think, happy, you know? So it was like, I hadn't asked them to pay yet, but I kind of could see that like, you know, things were going well and, you know, they probably would want to pay eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it took almost a year from like start to get that first paying customer, which I think, you know, again, is like, that can be a pretty big gap, right? Like you've got no revenue coming in for a year. But I definitely think with software, like it's, you probably do need to give it 12 months. I mean, some other people talk about that. Like, if you think you're just going to like solve it all in a month or two, like, I don't know, like if you've done it a few times before, maybe it's easier, but um, yeah, I, I really do think you have to give it, give it that time. So. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay, so tell us what's different now. I mean, there, were, there weren't a lot of options then. There are a lot of options now. What's different about you guys than other people? And it's, you're focused primarily on teams. I heard you just say you sold to individuals. Do you still sell to individuals? Yeah, we definitely have a good um, you know, solo agent user base. Um, with teams, it's a little bit funny, like, you know, cause that trend has really like taken off over the last 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't, wasn't genius planning on our part. It was just more ignorance. Like, cause you're coming from Australia, real estate works very different there. And, you know, I just assume like any business, this must work in like a team situation, right? Like there's this specialist, there's people that, you know, focus on this and focus on that. Um, which really wasn't how real estate worked here. Like it was very individual based. Like you got the brokerage and you got the individual agents. Um, so yeah, we just sort of, we stumbled upon that. And then I think from the very start, we built our software for teams in the sense of like, just even basic things like, Oh, you create a template. That means anyone else in your team can access that template, which sounds super boring as a feature, but it's like other systems didn't even have that. Um, which, you know, again, sort of, allowed us to, you know, I, I guess be this premium team solution. And then other things like lead routing, um, you know, just things like that. Like that, that was the kind of things that people literally before were just sitting there, you know, on their phone, watching a movie with their wife, lead comes in and they like have to forward it to their agent, you know? Uh-huh. And then, then they go into me like, I, I don't know what happens after that. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty bad. You know? So like, it's, um, yeah, you know, that's sort of what we were replacing for a lot of people. Yeah, now there's a lot of um, CRMs. And I think where we're, we're different is we decided to, to focus on the sales solution, on the follow-up piece. So a lot of um, great systems out there like Boomtown, Commissions, Inc. Um, you know, there's just, I don't know, there's 10 other ones that are pretty well known. There's a lot of other like uh, lower tier ones or whatever. Um, you know, they're doing a lot for you. Like they're doing websites, they're doing um your marketing they give you a crm and so like i I guess like my philosophy is like we're not trying to tie you into one system because we know that marketing uh systems will change over time like what's effective now um or the last couple of years has been a lot of facebook ads like a lot of people have been doing those right but that's that's changing all the time so before that it was google pay-per-click um you know so we sort of i guess see ourselves as like the switzerland of like your lead sources so like you can connect anywhere to us and we're not, you know, we're not really trying to uh, sell your website and sell you all these marketing services on top of that. What we're really trying to help you with is the follow-up and make sure that like you're comparing those different marketing sources so you can see which ones work 
and then you know invest more in those and that kind of thing so that's where i think we're um you know a bit different and then also early on we were one of the first companies to have an api so uh, again, it's like, it's 2020. We're like, of course, all software companies should have APIs. In 2011, no one had one, right? right? Even in like 2015, you know, some companies were starting to have them like Zillow and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I guess like that's our, that's our thing is like, we can't build everything. We know we've, we, we see a lot of the companies that try and like, even if you do it, even if you build this great solution, it's very hard to um, as technology moves forward, like upgrade all parts of that. You know what I mean? So I think there's definitely like this specialization um, that helps where we're just trying to be really good with this and team up with the other companies, you know, that are really good at like, you know, data tracking reporting like you guys and like, you know, lead generation, like a lot of other companies out there. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's sort of our approach where it's a bit different to, I guess, the all-in-one type systems. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's... Uh it's really interesting that you guys are like, go, go generate leads however you want. We're all about your follow-up. So yeah, it's a, it's a big differentiator. Um, so the industry is changing so much. I mean, we've gone from software companies trying to replace agents to agent, those companies hiring agents. And now we have COVID-19 and people doing buyer consults on zoom just like you and i are right now i mean just the world changes so fast as you were just saying where do you see real estate being you know in in two years four years five years from now yeah it's a great question i mean i don't i don't know i have really like a massive insight into the future i'm actually going through a uh like we're buying a house here in austin at the moment and you know i i don't see how i could do it without an agent you know like I would have made so many stupid mistakes. Like I would have overpaid for the property. I probably would have bought the wrong property. Um, I wouldn't have known how to negotiate anything that's like broken with the house or like, you know, that could be repaired or whatever. Um, like my time commitment, I think to like, you know, what I've put into this is probably like between 10 and 20 hours. Like if I was doing it by myself, I, I don't know, it would be like a hundred hours, 200 hours. Be a full-time like, job for you. Yeah, it is a full-time job. So it's like, I just sort of just going through it. I'm like, and I'm also using uh, better.com, which is like a tech enabled uh, lender, I guess. And I can see how a lot of the things they do are easier to move online. Um, whereas a lot of the, you know, dealing with local vendors and inspectors and, you know, negotiating with other parties and stuff like that. It just seems like that's, this is fundamentally harder to, to move to, um, you know, to tech and, you know, by, by the way, in Australia, real estate works very different, right? Like there's no buyer's agents in Australia. So, um, you know, a lot of the time you will just be putting in an offer directly, uh, with the selling agent or that the property will be actually be selling at auction. Um, so, so it's a very different model, um, which, you know, again, it's sort of surprising, um, here, but like here, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, like I can't see a big shift to like, you know, these, these transactions moving online or anything like that. Maybe that's like 15 years down the road. It just seems like there's so much complexity to, to work out ahead of that. Um, how about you? Like, what, is there some, uh, some thought you have on like the next couple of years? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I see is that, uh, I just think the way agents are getting paid is changing. 
with a lot of these large companies now hiring employees as agents, they're paying these agents salaries uh, and trying to drive commissions down. And so, you know, I think commissions may be uh, impacted. That's probably the biggest thing I see possibly changing right. uh, over the next few years. So that, that being said, Dan, what, what is your focus uh, as a business? I mean, where do you see your business being in three to five years? Uh, you see guys focused on different things or still continuing to just do what you do and do it better? Yeah, there's definitely a big element of just trying to, you know, do what we're doing better. Um, I think on the software side, that's really what we're trying to do. You know, on the company side, I think we're trying to uh, look at how we can best help our customers uh, generate more wealth. So, so basically be more successful within their businesses. And I think a big part of that for us is education, you know, so where we're doing things now, like uh, we've brought in like a sales coach to help work with our customers on like sales skills. He's doing like weekly coaching with them at the moment. Um, Cause I think there's, uh, you know, we've got a lot of great technology, but a lot of the things teams struggle with um, is not just the technology piece. It's like training their agents. It's uh, you know, things like leadership, marketing, like all these, all these things just go into making a successful business or team. Um, so that's where I think we're trying to really up our education game you know, bring in experts where we're not the experts and um, yeah, just provide more of that as a resource to, to our customers. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, there are so many team owners now that are really powerful leaders, but they didn't start there. They started as an agent in most cases and moved into to that position, trying to struggle and figure out how do I become a business owner? How do I become a leader? How do I hire and train people? And so I think, I think that's a great uh, strategy. I, I think everybody in this space, us included, we're, we're all somewhat forced to take on some of that role because uh, it's just, you know, people, people are constantly learning. That's one of the things I love about this space. People are constantly learning, wanting to learn and grow. And so if you provide those services, it's definitely something that people are going to want to take advantage of. So um, are there any books that have been like a big, uh, had a big impact on you growing your business or on your life or in anything like that? Uh, I've got a bunch behind me. I'm trying to think uh, really good ones. I mean, I guess I've just always, like I would say a company maybe that's had a lot of impact on us is Basecamp, which they provide a like project management uh, software. Um, they're also self-funded. So they, you know, they, they're sort of the cheerleaders a little bit against VC funding. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think I just read a lot, I'm influenced by some of their books. Like they have a book on remote working, which our team is fully remote. They, you know, they have a book on like um, writing good software and another one I think on just, just how work can work a little bit better. That one's called Rework. So I really like just, influenced by some of their thinking. I think they're very clear, like long-term thinkers. Um, but I mean, other than that, I mean, like there's lots of great sales books, um, lots of great marketing books. I, I guess I, I just, you know, when I, I was kind of confused when I was younger, I was like, why does everyone starting a business get into personal development? Like I was just like, I was confused. Cause like, but there, there is so much need to grow obviously as like, you know, a leader and all those kind of things. So I, I also like a lot of podcasts and, um, 
you know, like, the, like, you know, this one, like you just interview people. And, and what I found is effective is like, let's say I want to learn about marketing, just go download like the top three marketing things, listen to those for a long time. But then, you know, generally you move on to learn something else, right? Like, so it's like, yeah. okay, now I know enough about that. <laughs> Let me move on to the other thing I need to learn. Um, yeah. Pod- podcasts are great, which is why I decided to start this. Uh, we, I-, I actually listen to a podcast every morning while I work out. So every oh, nice. morning it's like, okay, what do I want to learn? Who do I want to learn from? Uh, which ones, which ones do you listen to? Which so you can you just search that up. I mean, I- I've listened to so many. Um, you know, from things in the industry to things outside of the industry to technology podcasts to SaaS podcasts, Saster, you know, all of those. There's there's so much out there. And with the, the businesses changing so quickly, the world of business and especially SaaS business, there's so much to learn. I mean, if I if I have a problem and I'm like, okay, how are we going to overcome this scaling problem, right? Or you know, the blitz scaling podcast, there, there's just so much out there. So uh, I just love that everything is readily available for us. And uh, uh, this podcast is really geared around most of our listeners are in the real estate space, but not all because it's, it's, uh, we're really focused on the grit and what it takes to grow and build a business. I don't care if you're in real estate or some yeah. other business, you've got to have that, right? Oh yeah. I love that. That's the name of the podcast. Cause like, honestly, like a lot of people ask me, well, how did you guys do it? And you know, a lot of other people don't, right? Like they don't make it. And it's like, it's perseverance. Like it's grit. It's like, it's, there's no real difference. Like I don't think I'm smarter than a lot of the other people that started businesses around the same time or anything like that. It's, but I just said like, no, I'm not going to stop doing this until I get some result and you know I, I think it just applies to so many things and you've got to be mentally tough you've got to you've just got to not quit basically did you guys ever consider raising money not really honestly because we again we're sort of heavily influenced by like this base camp like maybe they brainwashed us like vcs or people or whatever um and then i think also at the time like we didn't really know like if we'd raised a million dollars, I don't, I didn't think I was really experienced enough to say like, Oh great. I'm going to go build a sales team and I'm going to go do this and that. So I just, I never thought this money is like the barrier. I, I thought, you know, now like a bit more experienced in business, I could probably invest that money wisely. But back then, like I, I sort of thought the barrier was more like, how do we build a great product? How do we, um, you know, how do we just look after our customers and, you know, get more customers. And I just, I just didn't see like, money being the barrier to those things i was kind of lucky that i had a technical co-founder because that means we got development done for free if you don't have that then you kind of need money right like it's it's you kind of need to either give up equity or or have money so um yeah you know i I think that's that's also though like you know in partnerships i think you want people that are complementary like if we were both business guys it it probably would not have worked out really because we wouldn't be able to build the product and we were both technical you know, we would have had to work out sales and marketing and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think just look for a partner. Sometimes it makes it easier. Obviously there's some trade-offs there. Cause like, you know, it kind of has to work out a lot of partnerships don't, but, um, you know, it worked out well for us. Yeah. I think it's great. What about a favorite place? You've been all over the world. So what's your favorite place? Where, where do you want to go on vacation? Where do you want to end up living? Yeah, that's uh, I get that question all the time. I mean, honestly, going going back home to Australia, that's a really nice place. 
I, I think there's a lot of great places in Europe. And I think in the US, I would love to um, just just visit more national parks. Like, you know, there's a lot of amazing national parks here that I haven't really had a chance to check out. Um, Switzerland is a place that stands out in, uh, in Europe is kind of like pretty, pretty amazing, but there's so many amazing places there. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and what about in your personal time? What do you do in your personal time? What's your favorite thing to do? Work. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you're somewhat serious though, right? I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's I, funny because we say work, but, and people think you're crazy because if, if someone's working nine to five, a, a job where they're getting paid a salary to go in and work or getting paid hourly to go into work, you really look at work as a chore. But you just said that and came out right away, like work is your hobby. That's what you enjoy doing, which is why you're able to be so successful and resourceful and find ways to get it done. And so I just want to point that out. I think it's great. So I know you like to do things in, in addition to work. So I'll let you finish that statement. Yeah, I think, um, I think honestly starting the business, a lot of it was just was work. And then I think sort of as we've evolved, like kind of my job has changed a little bit from like founder to CEO. And, you know, I do spend a lot of time when I'm not working, thinking about work, like thinking about, you know, challenges or opportunities and stuff. So it's like, I think, yeah, I've sort of tried to train myself to switch off a bit. I don't think I'm necessarily that, that good at it. Um, but yeah, I try and do things outside of that. I would like to go snowboarding a lot more. Like I, I've been one time this year. Um, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff I love travel. Um, but again, it's sort of, I found it a bit harder to do with the business and sort of, you know, it's sort of just having more responsibility. So I think it's, I think that this sort of where we've gotten to as a business though, now, like we have a pretty good management team, which is sort of allowing that to like just step back a bit. It's like, oh crap, like I had to deal with that problem. Now we've got someone awesome that can deal with that problem. And they're better than me at dealing with it as well. So yeah, I just think snowboarding travel, like that's a lot of the stuff I like to do. Um, you know, I play probably too many video games. Like that's sometimes a way to, to just to think, not think about anything else. But um, yeah, I think those are probably some of the main things. Well, if you uh if you want to get out and snowboard next winter want to come to the national parks in utah we've got a lot of great ones here as well as yellowstone is not not too far away from here either so just let me know if you want to get out and, and see some of the world I'd, I'd love to get out with you um, down for it. so anyway thanks so much for your time today dan it's it's uh i've really enjoyed spending time with you we're look we have a lot of common customers with you guys we love working with you and Look forward to, to doing even more of that in you know the coming years. And uh, for, for those of you who are listeners and want to get a hold of Dan, Dan, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, my email is just dan at followboss.com. Um, you can also just go to our website and uh, you know message or call us there. But um, yeah, just dan at followboss.com. Okay, simple enough. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll catch you next week. All right, thanks again, Dan. Thanks, Brian. See ya. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, 
We'll catch you next time. Take care.